I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm glad you're excited. So, so hopefully this is uh, a little something new, something with our little order. Uh, order up. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's uh, order up. Defenders spotlight. <laughs> we got to get a bell sound effect when we say order up, order up. Yeah. Like Mel's Diner. Back to the bin. I found a lot of books lately. Um, filled up some gaps. I got gaps. You got gaps. Together we fill gaps. <laughs> I'm still looking for Thunderbolts 127. I can't find that anywhere. I'll keep, I'll keep my eyes open still, too, but it I haven't is, seen it. Yeah, that's so I'm not really looking for much of anything else. Uh, I'm looking for some of the Iron Age. Whoa, whoa, It's the emergency Sorry. broadcast system. Well, hold on, hold on. That's not annoying at all. <laughs> it was an Amber Alert. Somebody uh, must have picked up a kid uh, in Manatee County, looks like. Uh, really? That's yeah. That's what that was? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, you just, I thought you just got you know, caught with the point. <laughs> no, no, no. That was, uh, that was an Amber Alert. Yeah, we get those. We get the Silver Alerts for people like you. The old people who drive drive away and then don't don't know where they are, and it's amazing they always have a tag. You know they'll say you know silver alert. It's like well if you got the tag number and the make of the car, why didn't somebody stop them? Or of course they may not just know where they're at. They just think yeah he left home. This is what he drives. We don't I know. Think, what I think that's what it is. Yeah. We also get wrong way driver alerts. You get those? No. Yeah, that's been a big thing here for like the past two three years. People to get on the interstate in a wrong flipping direction and kill people and head on wrecks. Wow. So now, now they're actually posting it on the on the highway stuff. Maybe instead of posting it on the highway, they should get them off of the highway. <laughs> yeah, you, you would think so. So, all right. Well, enough. Uh, I guess we'll uh, get into this proper. Uh, <clears throat> la 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 la. That one was for uh, Melissa Gardner. <laughs> I could do uh, just the two of us. La 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 la. Of course, you could just sing it. Just the two of us making castles in the sand. Just the two of us. Arnold, Arnold, start that one again. <laughs> he, just, he just gets the words wrong all the time. Come on. I don't have the words in front of me. How do you expect me to remember it? It's a piece of 70s crap movie. Hold on. Let me use Google. Two of... Is that... Uh, let's see. Is that uh, you or a Y? Oh, two of us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. The Beatles, two of us. No, that's not what I want. God damn it. Was, or is it? I don't know. This picture of John Lennon. Uh, two of us lyrics. Two of us. 
Am I on the wrong song? Right, we'll just start again tomorrow. Oh, that's too Everyone's hard. very Riding tired. Riding nowhere, <laughs> spending someone's heart. Yeah, this is the... No, wait, no, that's not for... What, 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 what song am I looking for? Come on. Oh, it's just the two of us. Oh. Arnold has a cold today or something. He's, his voice is not working right. Just the... the oh, okay, wait a minute. I don't see any castles in the sky. What whatever. whatever. Am I still on the wrong song? Oh, building them castles. In, oh, this is... A, I see... I see the crystal raindrops fall. And the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. Come on, Paul. Join in. <laughs> oh, okay. I think, I think not, Arnold. <laughs> Here's the course. Ready? Ready? Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Well, come on, you leave me hanging? <laughs> All right, mission accomplished. You made me laugh. <laughs> you and I. You and me. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> All right, so... Hello, and welcome to... Defender order? Spotlight. No, I thought this was Order Up. Or is this yeah, Order uh, Up Defender Spotlight? It's it's actually kind of a continuation of our Defender Score episode, but yeah, I like I do like the title Order Up. Order Up. Ding. But I also like that it's Defender Spotlight. So it's all it's all of the above. Yeah. And in case you're wondering what we're babbling about, uh, we're going to do I guess you could call it a Back to the Bins mini series. We're going to do we're going to take a look at. Um, yeah, what are we doing? Oh yeah, the order. The order. <laughs> I was thinking of a. Uh, actually, I think there's a Queensrÿche song called "The Order," or no, that's an album I think called "The Order." Anyway, I digress, like I often do. But Queensrÿche's a good group, and I recommend everyone out there to go listen to them. With Jeff Tate as the singer, I don't know what they're doing now. Jeff Tate is going solo, and I'm just tangenting too much because I've got way too much energy from using a CPAP machine. Stop me before I tangent again. CPAP boy. CPAP boy. <clears throat> I may fail in the so, CPAP, but going to BPAP. But so uh, when we did our Defender's Score episode, Dr. Bill, if you will recall, did not do a book. And this time it was not because he didn't have a book. It was because we just ran long on the two books that we covered. Mm -hmm. And we said we'd get back and cover his book. And instead of just doing that, Bill and I put our two heads together. And between the two of us, we have almost a full brain. And we and decided... And actually, we went, ow... <laughs> oh, when we put our heads together, <laughs> we decided rather than just do the first issue of this series, which was our was which was Bill's originally in, in, intent, that this time around we just do all six issues in uh, in groups of two. Now, this series kind of picks up from the prior the six two. issue mini series. Well, actually, I think it was twelve. Okay, okay, yeah, you're right, it was, but it picks up from that prior maxi series, right? Uh, and it could have just been a direct continuation of it. I'm not sure why they decided to, you know, retitle it and start from issue one. Well, because they, in a sense, were no longer the Defenders. They changed their name, which we'll discuss in the as we get into it. And I did they find, named, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, because they named themselves the Order. Yeah, but that's doesn't that still doesn't explain to me why they changed the name of the book except for the fact that they wanted to start at issue one again but even then i'm surprised they didn't call it like the the article i found on it says the defenders the order 
I would mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been surprised if they titled the series that, but they just titled the series The Order. True. And the article I found, which gives a synopsis of each book, says at the top: The Order begins in Defenders Twelve, Volume Two, the second story in Marvel's Nuff Said series. The Defenders are battling Kronark, the King of Time, whom they defeat. However, this is the final straw. Being magically spirited away and having to battle a second-rate villain not worthy of their attention leaves Strange in a foul mood as he is fed up with the curse. The Big Four abandon the Little Three, except Kyle follows, and seek out Gaia to ask that she break the curse. When she says she will not, the Big Four attack her physically, but to no avail. They are all teleported to the Himalayas, where they promptly form a pact they will no longer be supplicants to the curse. They will chart their own course as the Order, the Defenders Against the Earth. And the curse, which that little blurb didn't describe, was from Yandrath, who mm-hmm. was the scientist who they fought in the very, very first Defender story in Marvel Feature Number 1. And he somehow got them cursed that they, despite not liking each other, were forced to work together whenever a threat rose against humanity. So, and that's where we pick up with the order. Does that uh, pretty much describe it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and did did you read this when it was coming out, or was this something you picked up later? No, I was reading this when it came out. I did not. I I only read it recently when you suggested that we cover it. Because I think I was was in the swing of collecting here, and this was, I think, this was about the time that might have been close to the time that Cross Gen's comics were coming out too, so I was getting that. And I was getting this at the same time. Hmm. I'm not sure exactly what the date is on this. April 2002. That's the cover date. Well, that's the. Uh, I don't know if that's yes, the cover that date. is the cover date on the right. issue one. So yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah so I, I, I was actively. I could not. Oh, I could not I, find this on Mike's Amazing World, uh, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I, I just found. I don't know who put this description up. It's just, uh, it says, you know, it's www.defenders.ca slash summary slash defileorder.htm. I have no mm-hmm. idea where, where this comes from, but I just had done a search for the Defenders, the order, and this came up. So whoever wrote it, thank you. And we'll see how, how good the description is, because I'll read the first one, uh, which each synopsis is just a paragraph long. Uh, Order number one, Nighthawk remains stranded in the Himalayas while the Big Four are presented as darker versions of their former selves. First stopped, Murtakesh, where they aim at ending terrorism. They do so aggressively and with disdain. Back in the States, we learn of Valkyrie's civilian life, a little of her new origin, and meet her parents. Papa Hog and... Papa Hog... This is... Like, uh, I guess they're missing something here because it says Papa Hog and saves Kyle. <laughs> so, I guess it just should be Papa Hog saves Kyle from freezing to death, but is still presented as somewhat of a mystery. Is he all that he appears? Meanwhile, the Bink Angry Four attack the U.S. Navy, and not surprisingly, when they refuse to submit, they are defeated. When the little three arrive to intervene in the affair, they are handled rather easily and forcefully. We learn this disturbs the Green Hulk, who is prisoner in his own mind. The little three are teleported elsewhere by Doctor Strange. Why the order? 
Doctor Strange explains, we did not seek to be champions of the planet. If we must adjust to the role, then the world must adjust as well. To prevent further disruption, we choose to not be servants, but masters. Dun, dun, dun. Now, should I do the second issue and then we'll go over both, or should we go over the first one and then... No, let's go over the first one, because uh, I can do the second one, because I found the site while you were talking. Okay. So I can, I can read the second one when we get to it. All right. So we start off with the cover, which shows our four... I guess we'd have to consider them to be anti-heroes at this point. Yeah. Uh, which is the masked Doctor Strange floating above by the title of the book. Mm-hmm. Silver Surfer, who's kind of uh, enveloped in a light. Yeah, uh, which radiates around the rest of them, too. Right. Like like from, from like he stepped through a boom tube, is what it looks like. Yes, exactly. And then the Submariner, who's holding a, I guess it's a trident. Yeah, he's holding his trident, and he's wearing his, uh, you know, his Power suit. belt or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his his villain suit, basically, from back in the day, from, like, supervillain team-up, right? Uh, yeah, well, that's the one it, 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 at the end kind of, of his at the end of his first uh, Silver Age series. Uh, he had some sort of thing where he was no longer able to breathe out of water, and Reed Richards created this suit for him that it was a necessity at that time. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I guess it was no longer a necessity, and it became like his war armor. Just the Lanthian necessity, those simple Lanthian <laughs> necessities. Gotta breathe that air. Okay, I, I lost it. So then, then front and center is the gray Mr. Fix-It Hulk. But he's, who's, yeah, who's he's decked even out more... in a tuxedo with white gloves and an overcoat. Yeah, he's even more snazzy than he usually is as, uh, as Mr. Fix-It. And uh, the cover was done by Carlos Pacheco and uh, Jesus Marino. What do you think of the cover? Uh, it definitely catches your eye. I mean, it kind of, it's, you know, it made me buy this. Of course, I was buying the other series as well. So I kind of knew this was coming. But uh, but I like this cover. I, think I like it cool. overall. It is definitely a poster type image. It's yeah. not really, uh, it's, it's just letting you know we have a, a story here with these four characters in it. But you we're know. getting into that. This is, this is, you know, this is the end of the '90s, early 2000s, and that's what a lot of the covers, you know, we should be lucky that the cover even relates to what's in the book. Mm-hmm. And it's it's intriguing, especially you know the, this combination, you know, especially with. I've always been intrigued by the mask wearing Doctor Strange. Yeah, I remember the first time I was see- seeing that was back in like I want to say like Avengers. 66 or something where strange had to perform a surgery on somebody or maybe it was 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 that the one with um is that yeah yes. yeah yemer and uh Surtur, and yep. he teleport they they basically cancel each other out when he teleports them both at the same spot and they smash each other but yeah he had to perform surgery on the black knight i want to say not sure who he sounds right, but I don't remember specifically. But I do not, know it's not like we do an Avengers Spotlight show. Or anything. Well, we haven't done that issue. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But yeah, that's that's the this is the same mask he had, I believe, in World War Hulk. Did, didn't okay. he wear that again when he became Zom? I I remember you know reading that, and I remember him becoming Zom, but I don't remember the mask at all. Mm. Well, he channeled Zom. He didn't really become Zom, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and then. I think it was uh, that's when the Hulk like crushed his hands or something. Yep. 
As if he didn't have enough problems with his hands. Ow, 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 some Bactine, anything. <laughs> so go to the first page. We don't, we don't really have a splash page. We go right into the story, which is titled The Order. Uh, it starts off, you know, you see a long shot of the Himalayas, and you slowly pull in to Nighthawk, who's sitting there shivering. <laughs> and he has uh, a teleportation ring that does not work anymore. And he's doing like a um, Stuart Smalley, you know, where it says, you know, I'm young, I'm, I'm rich, young, <laughs> I'm handsome, and, and doggone it, people like me. And right now I trade it all if I could just get the hell out of here. It's start right off. I, I like the artwork right off the bat. I think it's pretty sharp. Oh, uh, the artwork. Hold on, I've got that here on my other page. The internal art. Uh, the writer is Kurt Busick. Um, penciler for this issue is Matt Haley. Rinker is Dan Panosian. Colorist sounds, is sounds okay. <laughs> Gregory Wright. Letters is Randy Gentile. Uh, editors Tom Bravehort, Jeff Youngquist, and Mark Sumarak. And Joe Casada is the editor in chief. I don't know who Matt Haley is. I'm not familiar with him outside of this, but I do like this artwork right off the bat. Yes, yeah, so I'll kind of peek around at the next issue. I like the art in this issue, the pencils, because we have the same inker next issue in number two, but I like the pencils here better than I like the pencils in the other one. Just, yeah. And we'll get a little bit more we'll into get that there. one soon. We'll get there, yeah. So then from the Himalayas, we cut to... The Principality of Hawan, Hawan, mm-hmm. or is that an I or an L? I'm going to zoom in. Hawan, okay. Looks like an L. Where uh, we, we see a, uh, a a kind of stereotypical looking sheik who is enjoying the spoils of his riches. And then uh, some uh, uh, there's a military strike from the neighbors or the neighboring country, mm-hmm. when the order comes to take care of things. And yeah, the Hulk, and that's, Hulk that's, is exceptionally large on that splash page. Yeah, but I still that I yeah this is what the third third page, page in, three. and that's yeah. really the the first splash. And I I think that's a pretty cool shot. With uh, I mean, aside from the Hulk being really really big. Yeah, the the Doctor Strange is centered. Kind of tel- you know floating, uh, with Submariner in front of him, kind of coming down to Earth. Hulk behind him, I guess coming to a landing from a leap, and the Silver Surfer behind all of them on his board. And like I said, the Hulk looks exceptionally large to me, but it kind of serves its purpose. You know, this looks like a threatening group coming upon them. Excuse me. And you know what's I think is interesting about this shot of the Surfer that usually don't you always see the Surfer with his board flat and he's just standing on it basically he's i mean yes we see him like flying through the cosmos in like somewhat of a surfer stance but this is like a surfer stance if he was like ri- actually riding a wave don't you think yeah because because the board is kind of tilted and then his body is you know kind of compensating for that tilt by leaning appropriately yeah because usually a lot of times he's just standing on the flat board and pointing or gesticulate you know doing what he usually does but here it's it's it kind of looks a little dynamic to it so uh and then namor uh you know they basically says 
you know, you're you're gonna you, you need to cease your hostility. We've had enough of this. You will obey now. And uh, Namor's giving them the finger. Well, not that finger, but he's pointing down to them. You have our commands. Obey. And this is answered with a rocket launcher to the Hulk, which is which rips up his nice shirt. Yeah. That's all it does, though. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is that it rips up the Hulk shirt, but everybody else is fine. Of course, it did hit well, cause the Hulk. Because it, it hit him directly, in, yeah. I guess, in his chest. Yeah, because after the smoke clears, because you see them all kind of standing in, they're all silhouetted in the smoke cloud, and then after it's gone, they're just standing there, and the the guys down on the ground are like, but, 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 and then they zoom in on the Hulk, and he's got that, oh, like, I'm going to just kick your ass and looking at that shot where they, where you say they're just standing there, but they're all in the sky. Surfer's mm-hmm. on his board. Submariner's oh, yeah. obviously using his wings to fly. Doctor Strange is teleporting. Not teleporting. Uh, levitating. Levitating. And I guess he's also levitating the Hulk behind him. Yes, because the Hulk has the Hulk and uh, Strange have like a greenish glow around them. You know what's cool about Strange is that his cloak is closed. Mm-hmm. Whereas normally it's it's open. It's like all you can see is it's just a cloak and this little blue mask sticking out of the top of it. Yeah, that must be a bitch to walk around in. <laughs> well, that's why I love it. I'd be tri- I'd be tripping <laughs> over that thing all the time. Although I, I may, he might be sitting with like uh, his legs in like a pretzel thing. Well, yeah, yeah as he's too. levitating. So he yeah. goes down and just starts destroying equipment, smashing through tanks, men. We don't know if Namor actually kills somebody <laughs> with that that backhand, that uh, Imperious Rex backhand that he gives mm-hmm. a few guys. And the surfer goes in where uh, somebody's making some chemical weaponry and just uses the power cosmic to uh, to take care of that. Doctor Strange puts a spell on a uh, on a plane that's coming in. A combat plane, which he finds to be unworthy by his own words. Yeah, and he, the guy flies into, uh, I mean, he flies into, like, who knows where he, he sends him to. Just to, in, like, another dimension, and the and you see, like, a as the door closes, this, you know, yeah, there's, there's a, the, a Cthulhu-type yeah, thing. there's a Cthulhu tentacle, like, sucking back up in, in, into the, uh, thing you know it's like that's these this this is not your this is not your dad's defenders yeah exactly so you know i i had not read i I think i had started to read that first 12 issue series but i'd never read it to completion so i was a little confused at this point as where this story you know where it was going because i didn't know what the reasoning was for the order but it, by, by the time I got to this point in the story, I knew, okay, like you say, these are not your father's defenders. Mm. So we, we give a quick flashback to uh, Kyle Richmond again, sitting in the Himalayas, freezing. Himalaya! Dun, 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 dun. Everybody ride to Himalaya! Oh, sorry. Thinking of the state fair. Sorry. And then back to our... Back to the order, where uh, the people that they put the whooping on are licking this. Licking their wounds. And what is what is the guy? As they're flying oh, the away, the like, guy says, like, Filthy like, dogs, you... we spit upon you. Uh, you are nothing but in, infidel oppression. Sent, sent to crush sent, us sent... by your evil American masters. And then and, the server's like, oh, 
You think we're doing America's bidding? Hardly. America's next. And then they take off. And that's when we cut to... Now, this this is a part of the story, again, that I was not familiar with. Apparently, the Valkyrie is no longer occupying the body of Barbara Norris. No, I did a little research because I was a little shady, a uh, little gray uh, as to what was going on. And this was... This woman... Basically... Pluto, Samantha Parrington. Right. When uh, the rogue god Pluto sought a Valkyrie pawn, he had Amora's sister, L'Oreal, Amora being the enchantress, L'Oreal being her sister. Is it L'Oreal or Lorelei? Lorelei, L'Oreal. Yeah, maybe it's Lorelei. I don't know. I'm not looking at anything. I'm just... Well, actually, it was the second time. Hold on. Okay. Born into a wealthy family of eccentric philanthropists, Samantha Parrington grew into an idealistic feminist when her parents adopted the monstrous Hulk as their latest pet cause. Samantha formed a rapport with a misunderstood brute. This is way back in Hulk uh, 142. Wow, that's wow. Really? Uh, Yeah. So uh, Samantha formed a rapport with the misunderstood brute and helped talk him down from the Statue of Liberty, though her father took all the credit for this feat in the media. Miss Samantha led her women's group in an anti-patriarchal protest that attracted the attention of Hulk's enemy, Amora the Enchantress. Amora magically transformed Samantha into a raging, man-hating facsimile of the Asgardian warrior goddess Brunhilde, the Valkyrie, whose form and might Amara could replicate at will. Having trapped Brunhilde's soul... Oh, there was a comma there. <laughs> Having trapped Brunhilde's soul in a mystic, mystical crystal centuries earlier. As the erstwhile Valkyrie, Samantha battled the Hulk to a standstill until the spell wore off, returning her to normal just as the Hulk reverted to his human form of Bruce Banner. The confused pair parted awkwardly, never fully recalling their battle, and Samantha half-convinced it was all a dream. Now, jump to a little um, sometime later in the Marvel Universe. When the rogue god Pluto sought a Valkyrie pawn, he had Amora's sister, Lorelei, transform Samantha Parrington into the Valkyrie again. However, Pluto tricked Lorelei, though, erasing her memory, draining her powers, and turning her into a duplicate of Valkyrie. While Samantha was used by Pluto to turn Earth into a realm of the dead, Lorelei was found by the defender Nighthawk, who believed she was the real Valkyrie, and made her a defender, though she never spoke. Meanwhile, meanwhile, while a mind-controlled Samantha served Pluto and and Lorelai until they ran afoul of the reunited defenders in Brunhilde, who routed Pluto and Lorelai, but only after Samantha battled Lorelai, oh Jesus, she was restored to her former self and shook off their control. Happy to have a worthy successor successor on Earth, Brunhilde. Uh, this is where we get to the meat of what's going on here. Return to Asgard and Samantha joined the Defenders as their new Valkyrie. And that was in Defenders Volume 2, the previous volume, Issues 2 through 4. Her, okay. parent, her parents I'm have... Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. What was that? No, I was just going to say that I was confused by whether this was just a new host, but still the same memories, but obviously not. Mm. This is a totally different person, just with the same look and power. So it says her parents have tried to support her new superheroic pursuits, which is what we're about to see, and in the next issue by offering the Defenders funding equipment and well-intentioned meddling. And that is in the order issues one through six. There's a little bit further after that, but 
doesn't really pertain to what we're talking about. Okay. So, yeah, that's a quick side jaunt. Because I was curious, too. I was like, well, wait a minute. Because I know there's there's been a muddled history of the Valkyrie. And don't know if that unmuddled it any better. Uh, it, it explains it somewhat. So it explains this, to where she uh, is talking to her parents. And actually, Patsy Walker is there as well, who, if those of you who are not in the know, is Hellcat in the Marvel Universe. And... Um, We've got Patsy Walker in the Marvel uh, TV universe, too, but I don't know if we'll ever see her as Hellcat. I'm thinking eventually we will if they continue to go on long enough with these series. Mm. So, um, Samantha basically pulls out a hidden sword, I guess she has, which is what allows her to transform into... um, the Valkyrie, and which is kind of weird because her speech changes too, kind of like Thor, like when Thor is Don Blake or his other personas in the past, and then he, then he changes. When she changes, also her speech kind of. They even draw the the letters a little different, with that little fancy, you know, like different font to show that she's speaking. And then as soon as she puts the sword away, whew, she's back to back in her normal clothes and. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, what was it? Her mother says something about, uh, oh, yeah. The, oh, what is your, what is it, uh, you know, it's like your, what is your cause today? Uh, this is another phase of yours, like radical feminism, or was, uh, is that veganism? <laughs> I get a where, where are you on it? Uh, okay, because I almost thought it yeah, was. Yeah, okay, yeah. I almost yeah. thought, because of the way. No, the, no, no, no. You know no, what I thought no, it was, no, right? No, 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 no. You know what I thought no. it was, right? It was. Yes. A, I thought it was V A G. Stop! 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 Like, stop! Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop! We don't want a mature tag. Yeah. So I was like, yes, I what? believe that is. I believe that's veganism. Yeah. But on a quick read, I was like, whoa, what? Oh, okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> How does that work? Anyway, at that point, stop. the butler interrupts them. <laughs> It says, Sir, Madam, an apparition has materialized, asking for the young ladies. And here we meet Papa Hog. Who is which, another character that I was fully unfamiliar with before this. Well, I didn't do any research on Papa Hog. I think he was in the last uh, one. I think that is correct. Talk a little, I'll look him up. Well, Papa Hog is, looks like, uh, how best to describe him? Um... Well, let's see. He looks to me like the guy... Who was the guy, uh, the aborigine guy who would uh, teleport the X-Men around? Oh, yeah. Gateway? Yeah. That's what he makes me think of. Yeah, but he's got a really weird-shaped head. He's... It almost looks like he could be, you know... If anybody out there remembers Tim Conway doing Dorf, the character of Dorf, Dorf on golf... Mm-hmm. Kind of looks. I don't know. He kind of reminds me of that. Papa Hog. He does not have his own Wikipedia page. Isn't that sad? Hmm. Well, they seem to know him. So, I'm, I, from what I but they, he, they he does have a he, Marvel Universe, uh, which lists him as. It says real name unrevealed. Identity human magic user. He doesn't even look human, but uh, occupation spiritual advisor affiliations. To a whole bunch of people, enemies, 
Lorelai, Mephisto, Pluto, Yandroth. I think formally. he must have been. That's right. He must have been in the last series, too. Okay. Which is why first appearance. Which, Defenders, num, Volume Two, Number One, March oh, of Two Thousand One. Papa Hog is a mystic of unknown potential, utilizing the Loa and other mystic capabilities for various effects, including worldwide teleportation, time travel, size reduction of animals, mystic readings of other magics, breaking or removing of curses or powers, deciphering future events or potentialities, the enchanting of artifacts, the reading of others, chi, and the viewings of events from afar. Other capabilities remain unknown, as does the ultimate source of Papa Hog's powers. It looks like I, he's only appeared in the Defenders and the Order. I gotta say though, he seen they they kind of write him to be benevolent, and they treat him as benevolent, but they draw him as being malevolent, not benevolent. at least in in this issue they yeah because write him as being benevolent. I don't I think as it goes on he. I don't remember. We'll see him to be a little more manipulative as things go. Well, on. because the way he's looking, you know, like the way he's saying certain things, they got him doing that villainous look of, you know, smiling and looking with the eyes back behind him, like, <laughs> because basically he says, "Well, I can take you to where, uh, you know, they they need to find um, um, one." He hasn't heard from Kyle uh, Richmond. He was supposed to come in for his chi alignment. And poof, he does his magic, and he pops up with, he's all covered in snow in the middle of the living room, and they warm him up, and, uh, and then, um, he fixes the teleportation ring that Kyle had had, and, you know, they're like, well, great, yeah, we're gonna use this so, you know, we can go find out where the other people are, where, where everybody else is, and he says, well, no thanking me yet, not until you find out where the ring will take you, and then, they cut to showing a small in, inset picture of an aircraft carrier on fire. So you're like, hmm, what's what's that? But we'll we'll find out so, soon enough. Because then we cut back to Kyle and he's being uh, <laughs> he says, "I love being warm," and he's being tended to by uh, Samantha and uh, Patsy Walker. And he basically, yeah, that's kind of what he's like. Oh, I love being warm, and they're like, poor Kyle. Then he gives us the flashback, which is an explanation of what you ran through at the beginning about um, the defenders uh, furious with Yandral's curse, and they go to Gaia, and she basically says, "Get out of my face, smack, 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 go away." And um, Kyle followed them to the Himalayas, and uh, Strange supposedly sabotaged his ring, and poof, left. And boom, now he's caught up, and then suddenly. Samantha turns into Broomhilda and basically throws Kyle off of her lap. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they decide that they need to go find out where the defenders are at. And that kind of leaves us... Uh, I'll let you take over now if you want. Sure. Then we cut to the defenders who are uh, ready to start a little uh, shenanigans with the United States Navy. <clears throat> and they, they appear above uh, what looks to be a very large aircraft carrier with at least one, two, three, four, five ships around it. Uh, but even in the first shot, you could see there's uh, what looks to be flames on the on one side of the aircraft carrier. Yeah. So it looks like they've already done some damage right off the bat. Which, which by the way, 
this well, this would be called a carrier battle group because what happens is carriers get deployed overseas, and with them goes what they call a battle group, and it's support ships and supply ships, and basically it's like a little mini fleet. Everything's centered around the the, air, the aircraft carrier. So like that ship you see behind it and the ship you see here in the front would be like a destroyer. Um, usually you'd have a couple destroyers, uh, at least two Aegis cruise missile, uh, I mean uh, two Aegis guided missile destroyers. You'd have a tender, uh, maybe a couple frigates, because everybody's job is to, to, pre is to protect the air aircraft carrier. However, this scene that is depicted... There's usually only one or two times you will ever see the entire battle group like this together. And that's usually when they form, they pose basically for a picture. That <laughs> I'm serious, I'm serious. They even have, although you never quite know where they're at, because uh, they, they even have subs that go with them. So the subs will surface, everybody will get in a formation, they'll fly a helicopter up, they'll take a picture, and then at the end of the cruise, you can, I have a picture of my battle group when I went overseas. So so this is not something you always see. Although, you know, it could just be that they were in this formation because normally all those ships are out way from the carrier because they're designed basically to t take a torpedo or a missile or to shoot anything that comes down at the carrier. Everybody protects the carrier. All right, that's enough Navy talk. So anyway, carrier's on okay. fire. Ah! So the, the, uh, the order appears and gives their... Uh directives to the Navy and as as they're starting to uh, to depart assuming their orders will be followed you could see a bullet hits the silver server in the back of the head and just ricochets off Ping. or, or kazing yeah <laughs> yeah kazing oh by the way I don't know what the guy on the bridge is wearing a bomber jacket for yeah, that, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would look a little out of out of place there. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe, any, maybe if he was flying a plane. Maybe, but why would he be on the bridge, looking into a radar screen? But anyway, move 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 along, move along. That's I guess it's just because bomber jackets are cool. Yeah, that's that's the only reason I can give you. So and, then, uh, uh, after they shoot the silver surfer in the back of the head, which is only going to make him angry, much like Mongo. Uh, <laughs> The order decides to teach them a little bit of a lesson, and they just put a beat down on the U.S. Navy right then. Yeah. At which point, the the lesser three defenders, Hellcat, Valkyrie, and Nighthawk, teleport to confront them. And they get the horse, too. They're on... Oh, uh, yeah. Ar Aragon? Uh, is it Aragon here? I believe so. Hmm. Let me take a look for a second. Do, 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 do. Yes, it's Aragon. Yeah, Aragorn. So they, they confront the order and are quickly taken out smack, smack, without, smack. without much problem at all. Uh, and that although followed it, up. Go ahead. It, it should be said, though, that when Valkyrie is attacked, they show uh, there's a nice shot of the Hulk, the Grey Hulk, but they show like a inside his head they show a picture of the green hulk and he's kind of crying out because valkyrie was hurt right yeah so so there's something going on there's a definitely battle for control of some sort going on in the hulk's head that we realize at this point and after they uh they send the the 
lesser defenders away, or Doctor Strange does. And then you could see the Green Hulk yelling, No! inside the Grey Hulk's head. And Doctor Strange says, And so it is done. We have made our proclamation, and the world has heard it will be spread from here until the entire the entire globe knows. They will... There will be fu- there will be further resistance, but we will end it, and our lives will be orderly once more. On this day and in this place, the time of the order has begun. Dun, dun, dun. Next issue, tomorrow the world. So before we go into issue two, what do you think of this one overall? Um, I. You want me to grade or just? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Um, well, going back to the cover, I I think I'm going to give the cover, um, man, it's like, I want to give it an A, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. and you, you can give it what you want to give it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like it. And, I mean, for all the reasons that we said before, I th- you know, it does look like a poster, and usually that's not a good thing, but I, I like it here. The in- interior art, even just showing uh, like the first page where where Nighthawk, you, you can see to where he's shivering. It, it's there's a lot of nice touches with like the you know the cold breath. Um, all through the book, I think this art is really pretty good, and I got to give it like a B plus and A minus, closer on to A minus. Uh, the story, I, I think the story is cool because we've got. Where the heroes have turned to villains, and the bit it's it. So, I mean, a. I'm gonna give 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 this this issue an A. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the cover, and like, if I have a negative, is uh, the Submariner really has just this smug look on his face, like you want to smack him. <laughs> but then the more the more I think about it, it's like, well, that's the look he should have on a couple like this, because because he's being an arrogant bastard. So he should have a smug mm-hmm. look on his face. So it does fit it, and I agree with you. I'm going to just say, I'm going to I'm going to go slightly lower. I'm going to say an A minus, mm-hmm. but I think it's really really solid. Uh, the interior art, I really like it. I think it it really is very you know it's, it's that clean style that I like. Um, it's you know it, it, it the story is easy to follow. Everything about it, you know, I, I think the artwork is really, really nice. I, and I, I'm i a little disappointed that I'm not familiar with this artist. Because I think I'd like to see other stuff by him and see if I like it as much as this. Uh, but I'm going to say the interior art... I'm going to go A- minus on the interior art as well. And the story is enjoyable. It's a fairly quick read. It is, you know, somewhat uh, decompressed. But... You know, kind of enjoyable and makes me want to know where it's going to go from here. I want, you know, I want to see issues two through six. So uh, I'm going to say an A minus on the story overall, and having given it given it an A minus on every category, I think I'll go with that as the average. Hmm. Okay. I just did a quick search of Matt Haley, who did the pencils, and uh, let's see, it's saying did some stuff in Squirrel Girl versus Modok. Uh, JLX. Oh, I guess that would have been in the JLX Christmas Special, Great Lex Avenger Special Volume One, The Order, Issue One, Three, and Six. 
Heroes Reborn Rebel Volume 1 and Battlezone's Dream Team for Malibu. But that's all they show. But that could be just for Marvel because I'm on the Marvel Wiki. So, Right. Um, and then... Yeah, he also did the cover on Rebel. We'll see where it shows where he inked. And he also inked the Great Lakes Avengers. Very limited. He only did like five or six things for Marvel in general. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to do a further search. But, uh, yeah, we'll, get, we'll get more to that later, I guess. I think he's a good artist. Personally. Yeah, I agree. So, on to issue two. Electric Boogaloo. Oh, am I reading? I thought you were going to read this. One. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I, I was, I, I was getting, I was getting the page up that I remembered. Yeah, I'm supposed to read. Uh... Okay, the order number two. The Hague, home of the United Nations. The order entered the UN and explained their desire. After demonstrating how serious they are, they set off to find a new base. A lofty citadel as far above humanity as we are. They arrive at the floating island city of the Red Raven, and after a short battle, he casts the population... Well, that was a poorly word sentence. After a short battle, Doctor Strange casts the population in the harbor into hibernation, then transforms the Sky Island into four mini-cities, each appropriate for one of the big four. In the center of the island cities is a golden, a, is a golden throne. Strange does not know why he created it because he did not he did not do so consciously. Hmm, the plot thickens. Back in New York, the Parringtons create a new home base for the little three. Papa Hag, Hog, Hag spirits the defenders to an astral plane where they find the big four's human side shackled to posts. The big floor the big four explain that order represents their darkest sides. Suddenly, the big bad four arrive in spirit and attack the defenders. For a while, the little guys hold their own, but eventually they are overwhelmed. Hog whisks them back home before further harm can be done. Where they find, where they find their base computer is a large pink bunny. Don't ask. Finally, when the order ends all of, ends all of oil drilling, this gets the attention of the U.S. president, who asks for the Avengers' help. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so want to start going through this issue page by page? Yeah, uh, we'll just say quick, uh, the cover artist uh, this time around is, again, Carlos Pacheco and Jesus Marino. Uh, the writer is, is Kirk Busiek. Uh, this time the penciler, we have a different penciler, Chris Batista. Uh, the inker is the same, Dan Panosian. Panosian? Yeah. Uh, color is the same, Gregory Wright. Letterers Randy Gentile. Uh, the editor this time around is Tom Braveheart and Mark Sumerak. And the editor-in-chief is Joe Casada. So, this time on our cover, we ha- is uh, a little different than last time. It's not really like a poster image. And uh, we see a figure with a little, uh, like, marionettes. The figure in the background appears to be Papa Hog. And he's got uh, strings on rings, there's no strings on me, attached to uh, the big four, our four um, members of the order, Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, Submariner, and Mr. Fix-It, the Grey Hulk. So what do you Mm -hmm. think of this cover? I 
like it. I think it's pretty solid, especially if you've read issue one. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a, there's a little bit more of an an added incentive to want to pick this up if you have read the first issue because now you start wondering what's going on. You know, what what kind of sinister motives does Papa Hog have, and how does he have these guys that he's manipulating them? Mm-hmm. You know, what is what exactly is he doing? So it it just brings up a curiosity factor. That said, I also think it's fairly well drawn. The only thing about it is that the strings, the marionette strings on the uh, on the the order, uh, are drawn as if they are like strings of energy, giving right. off a brightness, and that does take away some of the detail from the order, which yeah. I don't know that it's really doing them any favors in that regard. Well, I mean, it kind of makes it. Um, I think it kind of actually kind of adds to it because it makes it look like a. Nah, not really a drawn image, more like a photograph, like because energy is blocking out the detail, like it you know what I mean? Yeah, well that's but that's I don't like that it's blocking out the detail. That's my own personal preference. Mm. Although it does, you know, kind of create the image of those strings being mystical in nature. Yeah. So it, it's it's serving its purpose. I overall it's you know, it's it's pretty solid and I can tell you I actually I could tell you if I if I had read issue one when it came out, I would have picked up issue two anyway. But this cover would have just been all the more incentive for me to be excited to put it on the top of my reading pile. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh no, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I like this cut cover as well. I mean, I think I like it probably. Maybe we like it the same, or maybe I like it a little bit more because I do like. Like I know what you're saying that that the figures aren't as detailed, but I have no problem with that because I think it adds with the with the style of with that energy stuff kind of blanking out the details, and and I like the way that you know they're all they're not just uh, the four figures are hanging as marionettes, you know, with like limp, uh, you know, like the Hulk's heads to one side. He's got one arm up, one arm down. And they're all not on the same level. Like, they're different heights, too. And they all look like they're unconscious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, as you will recall, our heroes were... No longer heroes. Our, our, our Yeah, heroes were no longer heroes and had basically given their uh, ultimatums to the world. And they've and gone. They continue to, to do so. Yeah, they're at the UN in. Uh, uh, what is it? They're in the they're in the Netherlands to confront the UN, and it looks like uh, either Strange or the Silver Surfer has created some type of energy barrier because obviously there's like seems to be things bouncing off of the shield or hitting it, and then you you pull back and see that they're firing tanks and guns and everything at the at their um, at the Big Four and. That's not really doing anything, and the Silver Surfer is stopping missiles in midair. Uh, Submariner is flying around, smashing through jets. Hulk is ripping up tanks, and Strange is just uh, finally has enough and uses a spell and just basically blows everybody off their on their butts as they uh, then create a portal and just basically walk in and give an ultimatum to the UN. When the ambassadors start talking, as ambassadors will, Doctor Strange just puts a spell on to remove their mouths. It says, "I invited no response." So, and then you see this guy whoop, 
He's got no mouth. It's like right out of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> well, the Hulk even says, uh, what? No lips? Must scream a real Harlan Ellison moment, snicker, snicker, which references I have a, a uh, what was it? I, I need to scream, but I, I have a mouth. I have no mouth, but yet I must scream. So I can't remember the exact name of the story. I'm such a bad person. Not about my literature, but it's funny that the Hulk makes that uh, that connection. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Holland Ellison's ego is stroked. appropriately appropriately stroked that they mentioned him in here. Actually, he's probably just as long as he somebody stroked him a check. Yeah. <laughs> so once again, they're floating above everything after that, and just kind of looking down and deciding what they're going to do. And they decide they're going to go and create their new base of operations. Now, I don't know when. I wonder when the last time before this we saw the Red Raven. I, you know, I was wondering that too because they make it seem like, and I don't remember if they were if the if he was in the last series because, um, the Red Raven says we have waited unconscionably long for the aid you promised, and we are neither patient nor do we like entanglements with ground groundlings you will do you will do what you have come uh, for swiftly I hope and then depart now the first time I remember the Red Raven is from the X-Men years ago but for some yes. reason I want to say I don't know if I vaguely remember toward the ends of sometime during the Defenders volume one did they in, interact with them, and they were supposed to help them with something? I just don't remember. I don't remember that. I remember, I remember him appearing in an issue of Submariner in his original series, sometime after the X Men. Uh, I'm just trying to look him up now. Uh, well, uh, oh, here, here we go. Uh, Red Raven eventually reappeared alive and revealed he'd faked his own death, that of the bird people and sinking of the island. Defenders are later brought to the Red Raven Sky Island and clash with the Red Ra with the Raven. And then it says the Red Raven also encounters the Order on his island. So he must have had some sort of a connection to the Defenders. Let's see what the... Uh... Yes. Uh, there's, there's a uh, footnote. Footnote. Defenders 6 and 7, August 2001. So that would be the oh, right. volume just before this. Wow, it's amazing what I don't remember from the last series except the end. <laughs> and I know I bought all of that. I'll have to go back and find it. Or uh, You know what? I don't know if I still have that. I might have sold it years ago. I think I still have the order, though. Let's go back and get that. Well, so re regardless, um, <laughs> the order... Makes a, a beats up a few bird guys, kind of brutally, because Hulk like grabs one guy, two guys in like a full uh, double arm lock, and could be breaking their backs or their wings or something, because those guys are in a lot of pain. And then after that, Strange uses a purple whammy. Looks like uh, he's using the purple man's powers and puts everybody in little ice cubes and puts them to sleep. Yeah, well, when, when he grabs them, he's squeezing them, and you actually have the sound effect of crack. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, could, be, he could be fracturing some spines here. Mm -hmm. The guys do look like they are in significant pain. Of course, the crack could also be their wings. Cause well, yeah, that's which would probably hurt just as much, you know, being, you know, having wings. 
like breaking a limb. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, I wouldn't know. I, I don't have wings because, man, the size of wings I would need to get off the ground. Whoo, man. Poor kid. No wings. <laughs> and do you, do you remember that? what that's from? That is a very obscure reference, but it is a uh, Warner Brothers cartoon. It was uh, Sniffles the Mouse. Do you remember that character? Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. And and he encounters a... Basically, it's almost like the same character as him, only it's a bat. Okay. Oh, and, and, okay. And the two of them are talking, and the bat realizes that, you know, they're not the same. And he's, poor kid, poor kid, no wings. <laughs> <laughs> was that a Warner Brothers, or was that like... Uh... Was Chili Willy? Uh, he was uh, I, th- I, th- I think it was a Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers. Mm. They used to show it with you know. Remember, do you remember when they used to show like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, a non-Bugs Bunny Warner Brothers cartoon, and then a Bugs Bunny wo- cartoon? That was the half an hour. Uh, yeah. Looney Tunes afternoon show. So that would be the, like the one they'd show in the middle. <laughs> anyway, that was we di- we've diverted long enough. <laughs> Yeah, because then um, after they've, having redisposed of the Red Raven and the bird people, Strange suddenly transforms the entire island into their own little citadels of uh, debauchery, each having, uh, uh, Namor has a serene Atlantean palace, Uh, Strange has a a sanctum where he may conduct his his magics uninterrupted. And Surfer has a futuristic looking uh, area, and the Hulk has Vegas. <laughs> yeah. He has he's, Davis, even, he's even got Vegas. the Golden Nugget and the Mirage Hotels. And a triple X place. And a girl's yes. sign. Yeah. And oddly enough, in the center of all four is a throne. Hmm. Which Hulk is the one that. Uh, Hulk. Hulk. Hulk, notice throne. What? Hulk, use bathroom. What's oh, not wrong throne and and they're all kind of like well what's that there for and uh, and strange like i don't know i not consciously i don't remember creating that and then mm, of course and, and on the cover they're being shown being manipulated hmm. and namor says clearly it is a throne and thus mine <laughs> as as the only royalty among and before he can finish hulk says yeah not if i decide it's mine you sissified and then they all kind of, hmm, and they all walk away. Hmm. And then they're yeah, like, man. yeah, and they all kind of like ignore the throne and all go to their four corners and, and leave, which is kind of odd. <clears throat> and we cut back to the, uh, was it the Pennington house? Yeah, and, and I got to say, it's a little, it's a little confusing because I have to keep going back between the two issues because it didn't really because you I wasn't sure from the last issue what Strange did to them because I don't remember him saying you're not I mean did he say you're not worth bothering with like like they they just you know because he was they were teleporting other people to like you know hell dimensions and killing them and they looked like they just teleported them or you know they sent them through a portal and now suddenly, poof, they're just back back in New York, and it's no big deal. They're back, back in a New York groove. <laughs> but it, it's, it's weird, because they, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, 
why would they why would they teleport them I mean either just because they didn't think they're worth killing yeah well, I think that's yeah. part of it and you know they I, I mean they, we, we've seen a couple of spots where they might have killed we're not sure yeah like you get, well they're definitely causing a lot of damage that's for sure yes absolutely and uh, so at this point, the Parringtons are just being, it's like they're almost being too accommodating. It's like they're, it's like they're being annoying. So if we, they want to be part of their daughter's life, we should show an interest in our hobbies and our friends. So they build a stable for, the, for Aragorn, complete with a private groom and an animal psychologist. Well, and also, I mean, they do this really quick, too. Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to say that's a plot hole, but it's kind of like really fast that all this stuff happens. I mean, I don't know what the, you know, like I said, don't know what the time frame was, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they take him in to show him their, their computer playroom, and at this point I'll comment on the art, like, uh, do you see the shot after they go into the computer room, the middle panel, where it shows... Uh, I can't think of what Valkyrie's civilian identity name is, and Hellcat and Nighthawk. Yeah, close the, up. Yeah, the look, one look at Nighthawk's face. It's oh, terrible. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and actually, it kind of follows through. Like even the panel below it, I don't like the way his face looks. Well, Pat Patsy Walker doesn't look right either. She just looks like Batman with with lipstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Although that is a really good drawing of an elephant on the next page. It's not. It's not a bad elephant, although it looks a little thin. Mm. It doesn't look quite. And then you get the derpy one at the bottom of the page with Nighthawk with his finger up in the air. Uh, that one yeah. I think just looks not as good as last time. And just for you guys listening along, as they're talking, Papa Hug comes teleporting in on top of an elephant, kind of with the Swami outfit on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he can. He can shrink the. He can shrink animals down. Uh, yeah, which we had mentioned earlier in his power set, which that's kind of an odd power. I, mean, I guess he could just teleport them back to wherever they need to be. Mm-hmm. So, so then, then he teleports them to some sort of dimension where the non-violent order are. I guess their spirits are. Uh, yeah, they go to the, some in, type of astral plane. Yeah, and they're, 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 there's some poles that they're all being held to. So you have the Submariner in his traditional green bathing suit, Doctor Strange without the mask, Norrin Rad in his non Silver Surfer form, and then on the fourth one, it's interesting, they have the Green Hulk and Bruce Banner. Mm hmm. They're all shackled to those poles. And they're they're clearly you know kind of weak from the way they're speaking, and Doctor Strange explains that the curse imbalanced them, and that their rational sides were overwhelmed. But that you know it says uh, Seraphim help us. We chose this course ourselves. And Nighthawk says you know we'll we'll get you out, uh, and then you can balance yourselves again. But then the I guess astral forms of the order appear. Yeah, which kind of is confusing because wouldn't these already be 
I mean, they're the same person, so how could they have... But the, it's the two but, sides. It's kind of like the, the, doc, this the Captain Kirk, right, uh, well, yeah, the evil I'm Captain Kirk. I'm Doctor the, Strange. You know. Yeah. I mean, but this isn't really... this. They, they say this is like an astral plane. This is some kind of a- astral plane. So I guess they could... Like, yeah, like they've been split. Like they've split their good and evil parts, and this is the spirits of the evil parts come to... Uh, to confront them, but since it's an astral plane, I guess they have some type of uh, physicality. And uh, ooh, look at me with the big word. Get <laughs> the big brain on Bill. And uh, they go to fisticuffs, and uh, Nighthawk seems to be having a good old time. He's given uh, the the surfer the raspberries, putting his finger on his nose, going, "Bite me, surfer." <laughs> Which, which, from a power set point of view, you wouldn't think Nighthawk would have any chance at all against Silver Surfer. No, no. Because he even takes down Strange. He takes his spirit cloak, I guess, his astral cloak or whatever, and, like, dumps it over his head. Um, Patsy Walker is able to dodge the Hulk and then actually kick Namor in the back of the head and shove him down to the ground. And, uh... Yeah, it's, they, they kind of seem to be getting the better of them until uh, uh, Doctor Strange has had enough of their crap. <laughs> yeah, he takes out Patsy Walker, and Silver Surfer takes out Nighthawk. Mm-hmm. Hulk, Hulk smashes Valkyrie, and then they're all unconscious. Yeah, they're all laying there. and uh, Plus, we ha- have to say that uh, Valkyrie, Nighthawk, and Hellcat are like their normal... They look normal. The the big four, or the order, their quote unquote spirit forms look just like that. They look like silvery ghosts. Um, just a uh, and then we have a shot of the four of them looking down at at, at the three subdued members, when uh, poof they're gone, and they find that Papa Hog has brought them back, and. You know, uh, uh, well, basically, uh, Hellcat says, uh, I almost hate to ask, but what now? <laughs> and that's when they find the computer is taking on the persona of a bunny, pink bunny rabbit. BH. Bunny Baba hopper. Hop? Bunny hopper. Okay. I bet you thought I was going to say something else. No. <laughs> and that that's the uh, computer looks to see where the order are and they're at a uh, drilling station I guess around Alaska oh you're not going to explain who Bunny Hopper is go ahead well it's basically um, like um, Samantha's favorite childhood plaything so that's why the parents programmed in Mr. Uh, Bunny Hopper (laughs) anyway Samantha's parents are annoying yeah, but Bunny, Hop- Bunny Hopper finds the live news report of the order at the uh, drilling site in Alaska, where they are giving the command that there's no more drilling to go on. Period. End of story, because they're destroying the Earth's resources. Kind of like Master Blaster. No more methane. Oh, sorry. And then we uh, we go from them. We cut to a shot of uh, George W. Bush saying that. Uh, yeah. Said, uh, get that you, you know, as long as they were taking care of business, putting down terrorism, the order was okay with me. But now they're messing with our armies, our allies, our finances, and our freedoms. 
I won't stand for it. I'm asking you boys and ladies, of course, to do what is necessary. And we cut to a shot to see who he's speaking to, and on the view screen are the Avengers. Captain America, The Vision, uh, Yellow Jacket, Ms. Marvel, Scarlet Witch, Iron Man, and the Wasp. And you know what? And, I, I gotta say, that I think is the best picture in the book. I was thinking exactly that, so I totally agree with you. Uh, Captain America replies, you can count on the Avengers, Mr. President. You have our word. We will find the order, and we will take them down. Next issue, what Cap said. Plus, <laughs> Papa Hog needs women. Find out why. Mm. So that's the first two issues of the order. Why don't we give our ratings on this one? All right. Back to the cover. Um, I went first last time. You go this time. Okay. Uh, you know, we kind of went over the cover. I think it's pretty solid. Uh, even if I wasn't inclined to buy this already, that would it would give me pause, and I would think about buying it just the same. I think it's really, you know, I think it's it's really well done. It's laid out well. I don't think it's quite to the level of the first one. I'm going to say a B. Uh, the interior art, I think, is not at the level of the first issue. Not even close, to be honest with you. I think there's some pictures that are very questionable. Uh, some that are a little less dynamic than they should be. Some of the faces, they, they almost look like an indie book type artwork to me. So it's really not quite my... It's it's not that the style is bad. It's it's the style it's fits my likes. It's not consistent, and I don't like the facial renderings at all. Um, or, or sometimes even the shapes of the heads are a little off. It seems. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, a C plus on the artwork because it does a decent job of telling the story, but it's not what I would really consider to be as polished as I'd like. Uh, story wise, I think it kind of moves along in a similar fashion to the first issue. Still has me intrigued as to where we're going. I'm going to go with the same rating as I did on the first issue. Give that an A-. And overall, I'll give the book a solid B. Hmm. Um, the cover, uh, I'm going to give it a... What did you give it? A B or a B plus? Uh, I already don't remember. Uh, I think I said a B plus. I'm going to give it an A-. Um, I've got... I, I kind of like the little energy things that are holding them up uh, from Papa's fingers. Um, the interior art, I gotta wonder if, you know, looking at that series of stuff when they're in the, um, their new little hideout, I guess you could say, that Samantha's parents made, I don't know if it's almost like that was a different penciler. Because it's, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, because that's what kind of throws it off, and it's not as consistent. Because then, when you see the uh, the defenders and not the order chained up to the posts, the way they kind of drew them, making them look tired, like Namor actually looks like he's uh, dehydrated so somewhat when they show his face. Mm -hmm. I that that looks a little better. And then, and then of course we said that the last shot of the book is the best. Although even looking at that. I think uh, Miss Marvel's a little bit too petite there in the waist. She's like... Yes, absolutely. I mean, almost like unhealthily so. <laughs> almost like she, uh, it, her waist wouldn't be strong enough to support the weight of her upper body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, she needs... Nevertheless, to, to be a superhero. I mean, I think she would, you know, because she's... If you look at the distance between her waist and Cap's shield, 
I think she, you really shouldn't be able to see if she was a human being, you wouldn't be able to see yellow jacket like that gap would be closed. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, but other than that, that's the only nitpick I have on that last page. And it could just be the way she's standing sideways, but I think the anatomy could have been a tad bit better there. Not that I could draw any better, but again, we don't grade it on that, that response about what we could draw. Cause it would be just, uh, you know, a bunch of stick figures there. <laughs> like it. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, the interior art, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a I'll give it a C plus, and then the story same as last time. I'm gonna give the story an A. Uh, so well, that's about a that's about a B. It's about a B yeah. B so B plus on this. We're pretty close on our numbers on this. Uh, so far, you know. At this point, I, you know, I've read this sto- the whole story, but at this oh, point, see, I'm very, I, very I intrigued. I haven't read ahead, so I don't really remember um, what's going to happen. But I guess you actually you let me have. let me let me be correct. Let me correct myself. I read, I think, the first four issues. I have not read five and six yet. Oh, okay. But I am ahead of where we are. That's that's a more accurate statement. That's but I, I, I know I continue to like this. Put it that way. So. Uh, spoilers for next time when we do issues three and four. I'm going to tell you I like them. <laughs> so, but uh, I don't know if our next episode will be the continuation of this or whether there might be something in between. But either way, come back and listen to us next week. Yep. Come back and listen to just the two of us. Or maybe. Y'all come back now. Or maybe hear? Scott Gardner will be here. Just we the- hope. <laughs> Scott Gardner is up on the astral plane chained to a post. <laughs> well, you and I are taking control of things. <laughs> ah, what else is new? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. I just needed to cuddle and you fed me. All I needed was a hug.